I think it was a great platform to kind of enter the working world and whatever whatever field you might be in. And I still come across so many different Miami Ohio people. Um, as I always tell people, this is a, you know Chicago is a Big Ten city, but there's a lot of Miami Ohio people out there. Hi guys, welcome back to Beyond High Street. Today on the pod, we sit with Andy Glor. Andy's a managing principal at Sterling Bay, a commercial real estate and development firm in Chicago also known as the tech industry's go-to real estate developer in Chicago, really impressive. We spent a lot of time on the pod today talking about networking and the power of relationships and how relationships drive the day and interaction, interacting with people and communication skills, the power of a handshake. We also have a fun side story in here about his wife, Mara, another Miami merger like me, and a wine, and a wine business that she created with a few other Miami classmates. It's kind of a fun story and it was great wine. I appreciate Andy taking some time out of his day to get on Beyond High Street. Hope everyone enjoys the pod. Take care. Relationships are everything for our business. And so, um, you know, a lot of what we do here um, is very mature, 10, 20 year relationships, people that are more handshake than anything else. You know, we always say it's good to have better partners and better lawyers, <laughs> and we mean it. And it's something that, you know, in Miami um, was a good place to start that. And a lot of my friends, still very good friends today, are my friends I started and, and you know, met at Miami and uh, still keep in touch with a handful of them um, and, um, you know, kind of built on it from there. Do you think relationships and just the process of networking is hard or do you think it's something that people just take for granted and don't do? No, I think I think sometimes people tend to be complacent and they have a handful of relationships and they tend to um, be satisfied. But it's you know I find good things happen when you're talking to people, and you know you're not necessarily soliciting them in a particular deal. It's just getting to know different perspectives and meeting new people. And oftentimes you absolutely always learn something. At least I, at least I do. And so I think it's important to keep new relationships and obviously don't abandon your old ones, but continue to kind of expand how you think and your horizons. And that's something we try to do here. Yeah, no, I, I think you're right. I think so many people go into a conversation, either a networking meeting or a Starbucks coffee with a, a desired result out of it, but it's normally the the other stuff that you learn in that conversation that leads to the next conversation yeah. or leads to the, the next person to talk to also. Yeah, I agree with that. I mean, I get pitched all the time and uh, the, the ones that work are the ones that just sit down and have a conversation and um, you don't want to, you know, we, we tend to be impatient um, and you want results now, but just kind of let it come to you a little bit and just continue to talk to different people. And I think it happens organically in the best possible scenario. So, and and when you left Miami around the same time as me, were you was real estate on your mind then um, coming out, and that was going to be the the business career of choice? Uh, yeah, I, I always wanted to get involved in real estate, and my grandfather started a real estate business in the nineteen forties. Um, residential focus, there's kind of no overlap with what I do, but it definitely exposed me to what I think is a great business. You can kind of work for yourself. It's very entrepreneurial. I liked it. Um, but when I got out of Miami, uh, I was actually thinking about Costa Rica. I moved on to Costa Rica and lived for uh, over a year yeah. um, and took uh, took classes, lived with the family, and just wasn't quite ready to start. And I think it was an important year to 
to kind of gear up for what has been a you know a lifetime in the real estate business. So, uh, and and, and be- besides, it went down with Miami people. Yeah, yeah. yeah. yeah I was going to ask yeah. about that. Yeah. So, was that yeah. was that a year to to take off and just reset? Was it a to to go down and have fun and a break before you're going to be working, or did you guys actually go down there with the thought of living and working as kind of a a bridge? Yeah, no, I think I think it was. Uh, I listen. I talked to enough people. I realized that if you don't take those types of breaks right between college and whatever, it's, it's hard to grab those back. It's hard to to drop out for a year um, or a year and a half and kind of you know without losing some momentum with whatever you're doing. So I, I, I that's what it was. And, you know, it worked for me. And uh, when I got done, I was ready to roll up my sleeves and get in the real estate business. And I've been doing it ever since. Uh, not, not many stay in the same industry or one or two firms their whole career. So what, talk about that, just stability and, and wanting to stay in the same place. Well, I mean, if you, I look, it's kind of, if you look at the real estate business, I started off as a broker. And I loved it. And it was a great way to learn the business and to also make a lot of really important relationships, relationships that I still, you know, use today as an owner. And so, I, you know, I was a, I was a tenant rep broker helping businesses out for about eight years. And after that, I, I pivoted to the uh, principal side and have been doing that ever since. So it's, it's same, same industry, two really different focuses, and um, both have their advantages. Uh, but I really enjoy what I'm doing right now. Um, so, Yeah, and... and- being an yeah. owner, the the difference of that obviously versus employee of or broker of, but um, the the importance for you of having done both and kind of being able to see it from all sides with either partners, clients, or just even the employees that work for you. Yeah, no, definitely. I mean, that's like the great thing about a broker: you finish a deal and you get a big check, and it's it's very rewarding. Um, you know, a different perspective on that is as you, you build buildings or you rehab it, you, you know, you form these long-term relationships. A lot of these tenants in our buildings are now my friends. Um, it, it's just one of these things where it's, it's, uh, it's more rewarding to kind of see what you've created, um, and be able to visit it and improve it and feel like you're improving the neighbor you're in or the city you're in. And so it's, you know, it, it's harder in some respects. Um, everything's hard. But it's definitely a lot, you know, it's very rewarding for me to be able to kind of touch and feel the different projects that we've done. And, and has the real estate industry, how has that evolved since you've been in it? Is it, is it the same or is it very different? No, it's, you know, there's some fundamentals. You know, we start talking about relationships that still drive the day. But, it, um, you know, it's become more institutional, right? So there's, there used to be a lot of entrepreneurial developers, and now um, there's a lot of institutional developers. And there's some that kind of are hybrids. And so it's, it's changed a little bit because the, you know, the art or the, um, the work that it takes to, to raise capital is a little different than it used to be. And so having a more institutional kind of back, backbone, having more institutional company makes it easier to raise the capital that you need to kind of execute on your business. And I, and I don't think that was the case 10, 20 years ago. I think it's changed a little bit. Mm-hmm. And, and close those eyes and take a step back to Oxford. What, you know, what, what's the first image that you think of or, or memory uh, in, in Oxford, Ohio? I mean, um, that you can talk about well, on the podcast. Yeah, exactly. So I was going to say balcony. Yeah. Uh, no, but I obviously, um, 
really enjoyed my four years there and had the pleasure of, of living a block from downtown. So it's just, it was a very social environment. You know, life is a lot of luck. And so I was lucky to have some really good roommates and friends along the way. That, as I said, I still keep in touch with. So, I mean, it was just a great place to grow up and to make new friends. And I think it was a great platform to kind of enter the working world and whatever, whatever field you might be in. And I still come across so many different Ohio people. Um, as I always tell people, this is a, you know, Chicago is a big 10 city, but there's a lot of my Ohio people out there and they all seem to be doing really well and kind of well adjusted. And just, it's great to see. Uh, so I think Oxford has been doing a good job churning out really good alumni. So, yeah, everyone I talk to says the same thing that Oxford it, it gave people the opportunity to uh, build those relationships and the opportunity to figure figure it out yourself. And it seems, knock on wood, that most have um, the, the successes are yeah. really fun to see and incredible how many there are. I agree, and I, I think regardless of what you do, you have to be. You have to have the ability to interact with people. You have to have the ability to be social. I don't care what you do. You're, you're going to be dealing with people. And those are skills that sometimes get overlooked, just like we talked about networking. But it's important to have that as a fundamental skill. And it's going to help you no matter what you do. Speaking of fundamental skills, skills is there a class that you didn't take at Miami or now after being in the real world for 20-plus years, you look back and say, Gosh, every kid that goes to college, Miami or elsewhere, absolutely has to take to just help them prepare in life. Yeah, I mean, listen, so if, if you're going to get into some type of business in, in real estate, I, I do think having a, a, a working understanding of accounting, albeit it might be painful if that's not what you want to focus on, but I do think having... The, a really good grasp of the financials of whatever business is really important. And I think that, you, you know, it's, you don't want to take the shortcut there and not understand it because I think ultimately that's going to kind of handicap you later in life. And so, you know, you can learn it in your job, but it wouldn't be bad to have a couple classes like that in the event that you're heading into some type, you know, of business environment. I don't necessarily think you need to be 100% focused on business with your degree, but I think you have to have some business classes that give you some you know, fundamental understanding of, of the books and the financials of whatever business you might be in. Yeah, I've heard that a few times. And the other two that I hear um, occasionally are just financial literacy and understanding just budgeting yeah. at home with your family and, and yourself when you come out of school and improv and communication, which you just talked about in terms of networking and relationships and interaction, just the ability to Every day, a, a different conversation you have to react to um, based on what somebody says or does or, or the way they look at you and critically important when yeah. you're sitting at phones all day long. 100%. And I think that's something that we all could improve on. And um, definitely Miami was a good starting point. But I think going forward, that's always something you should, you should be focused on because, it's, it's, as I said, no matter what industry you're in, it's going to be important. Yeah. And speaking of relationships, you and I were both lucky to – uh, have wives that also were at school with us, Miami Mergers, and, and we talked about it earlier. And your yeah. wife and a few friends started tell for fun. I mean, there's a number of people that listen to this pod that still want the wine. There's some that don't aren't familiar with it, but explain Slant Walk Wine to those that don't know. Yeah, so it's, so my my wife and uh, a few of her good friends went down to Argentina 
uh, in Mendoza, and it was a girls' trip, and they came back with a little vineyard, which is <laughs> much to my surprise. <laughs> so, um, which is you know just a um, you know not not that large of an acreage of a plot, but they basically came up with Slant Walk. And it was, you know, celebrating everyone that went to Miami, and they have a, a Malbec and a variety of different blends, and they continue to sell that stuff out, and I think uh, became a bigger business than they thought. So un- unfortunately, um, um, they wound it down, not because they weren't selling it out, because they were every year. It's just uh, everyone got busy with, you know, kids and life and family, and it's hard to run a business in Argentina. But no, we still have a lot of it. So if you want some, I'm happy to provide <laughs> some to you. <laughs> we'll, we'll, we'll have to do that offline. <laughs> you take now. me up on that. Okay, uh, good. good. No, but it's you, you could see when they were selling it and – just looking at Facebook posts and the stories and the the responses and interaction from alumni, people are, th- are just thirsting for stuff to reconnect with friends and buddies and colleagues and to see how people are doing. I think it was a lot of fun to watch from afar, not just their success, but the ability to do something uh, with buddies, lifelong buddies, actually in the business world, too. Yeah, and they had a blast with it. And, you know, it's definitely, we got so so many nice emails and letters from people all over the world, all ages. Everyone enjoyed it. Um, so maybe it's not too late to resurrect it. Maybe that's something we should work on. But it's, uh, you know, it's, it, I, kudos to them for going down there, coming up with an idea, and executing on it. So it's, it, it was fun to watch. What do we tell the the college seniors in Oxford who in three months are graduating uh, they're gonna they're gonna walk out. Besides going to Costa Rica for a year, which I I think is a great idea too, but they're gonna be working um, for the next forty years. So what, what do we tell those guys? So I mean, you know, for 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 people who are graduating, I think the thing that we look for the most, whether you're interviewing someone or someone that's you know within Sterling Bay, is just authenticity. You got to be yourself. You got you got to be candid. Because the, no one likes contrived. No one likes, you got to just, whatever you're doing, make sure you like it. And so that you're going to be able to tell if someone likes their job or not. And just be authentic. And I think that's going to serve you well. And sometimes it might be a little scary. Uh, but don't fall into the trap of playing the kind of the, the corporate game. Just be who you are. Make sure you find something you really like to do. And just tell people the truth. And I think that's going to serve you really well. Did you do internships when you were in college in summers? Yeah. Um, I, I didn't, I didn't, I worked, but I didn't do any internships and, and that's become a really competitive thing here. Um, you know, we have, we have like 500, you know, hmm. resumes and we have eight slots. It's crazy. Um, so that's, I actually think it's a great way to learn. I think internships overall become a lot more professional and it's not just bringing people coffee. And so, you know, we work people through a rotation plan here where they get exposed to eight different aspects of the business. Um, so it's really powerful. And if anyone wants an internship, uh, email me. It's done for this year, but next year uh, we could do that. But it's something that I highly recommend. And it's, it's, uh, I obviously would love to help out whoever is from Miami to see if I can get you one here at Sterling Bay. That's awesome. And, and how, do you, how do you keep learning? What, what do you, are, are you a social media Twitter guy? Or are you a book guy? Or how do you keep your mind fresh with new thoughts? <laughs> Yeah, so I think it's like every deal that we do, you learn something different. Like every project we have, and we've got 61 active projects right now, from you know hotels, apartment buildings, office buildings, etc. It's like everything's a little bit different. Nothing's cookie cutter. You always learn new pro, you know, you know, new situations that 
as I said, there's no you know substitute for experience, and I think that that helps me there. And I try to read as much as possible if I'm not reading something about business. Um, and, and so far, I haven't done much of the social media yet. So may, maybe someday, because my kids are probably better at it than I am now. So, all right, uh, close close with you walking down High Street, and what's what's the one besides a balcony? What's the one uh, food choice that what what restaurant are you going into, and, and what are you buying? I mean, bagel and deli would be my easy easy choice. Um, but Greg Gibbs, one of my Miami alumni, opened one in Chicago. But I just love bagel and deli, and um, I'd probably get Ned's Gold. Probably be my bagel choice. Thank you, Andy, for taking time. And if you're a Miami student, you heard him. Send him an email. Look for an internship, not this year, but next year. He does great things, and Sterling Bay does great things in Chicago. Thank you all for listening. Keep sharing the podcast with your friends. See you at Skippers real soon.